This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding members Joe Coglin and Martin Carlino. We got a jam-packed episode as always, but before uh, we get started, just a reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available, Apple Podcasts, uh, Android, Spotify, what have you. Make sure you subscribe there and leave a nice little uh note as well we're heading into a postseason play i guess toward the end of the winter season that's been a crazy season and we're getting ready for football and other sports starting well as well so make sure you guys are listening subscribing and passing the word down because we've got a lot of sports to talk about as uh, we move forward as the warmer uh, weather comes in as well so we're going to do our usual four quarter format here in this week's episode in the first week we are just or the first quarter wow first week uh in the first quarter we talk about uh basketball we got going on including a big new cheer evanston boys doubleheader that's happening this weekend um we're getting second quarter we're going to talk about regina changing conferences um in the third quarter we're going to play our way or no way our weekly guessing game and then in the fourth quarter we're going to uh look forward to uh some spring sports some favorite athletes you might look forward to and also talk about some college sports as well to finish things off in this week's episode. But um, why don't we start things off with um, some basketball talk here as uh, most of our teams have been pretty hot uh, uh, starting things off. Why don't we start things off with the Loyola uh, boys basketball team who got a strong win against uh, DePaul earlier this week, and they are playing against a tough uh, Brother Rice team on Wednesday. We're recording this on Wednesday. So, um, guys, what have you seen from this Loyola team who surprisingly um, is uh, we've know we've seen a couple losses to Maine South and um, Evanston, obviously, but this boys basketball team is doing pretty well in conference and uh, keeping their head in the lead for the conference title. Yeah, we're kind of seeing them win games uh, in the fashion that Loyola basketball has won games for for years and years. Uh, keeping keeping games close and just capitalizing on execution and, and winning those tight battle, battles, winning those 50-50 chances, and just um, taking advantage of, uh, of a really well-coached uh, on both sides of the floor. So we're, we're seeing them, I don't want to say almost surprise us a little bit because um, as we've talked about on the podcast before, we kind of envisioned a little bit of a, of a real retooling year for them uh, with that starting lineup from last season all graduating. But um, I, I think it's fair to say that they're surprising us a little bit and they're going to a uh, little, little teaser to what we're going to play in, in way, no way. We'll talk about their prospects of, of winning conference, but a uh, big matchup tonight that you alluded to Michael against brother rice. We'll see um, two undefeated conf- teams in conference go, go against each other. So um, we'll be, we'll be another great test for the Ramblers and we've seen them uh, respond to a, a lot of tough challenges this season with some, some really impressive wins. Yeah, and they have had a, had a nice schedule with pretty diverse different types of teams coming at them, and, and that's 
I think made them stronger because they've had to play different styles of basketball. You know, they went into Leo, uh, never an easy place to play on Friday night and took a victory away from them too. So, um, you know, they're, they're looking pretty strong. And, and our athlete of the week this week um, was Scotty Dean, one of the seniors. He put up 19 uh, against Leo and had a good game against DePaul too. DePaul, DePaul uh, prep as well, um, two wins. And, uh, you know, he said they – you know, one of their strengths, because they don't have a big, they lost those bigs from last year um, and they kind of play small ball, uh, but they're all physically tough. Um, so they can kind of play with the pace that they want to play with. So they can game plan for different teams. Um, they're not a, a super fast paced team or super slow, but they can play in the middle of that range for both, uh, which is going to really help them um, going through the season in this last couple of weeks, uh, play against whoever comes on their court um, or whoever they share a court with. Brother Rice is going to be a good one. That's another just uh, grinding out tough team, um, but can score a little bit too. So they're going to have to uh, limit limit that offense there, Brother Rice, and um, and just uh, play their get Brother Rice to play their game. Um, but it'll be a fun one. So yeah, that that team's fun to watch um, uh, or fun to just read about. Yeah, yeah we, definitely. And sorry, Marty, go ahead. In this recent stretch of strong play, we've seen that they. Um, are really demonstrating the ability to uh, get buckets from a lot of different players on the team. Um, and, and that's always a good thing, as we've talked about, when whenever you're not relying on, on one or two players to carry you any given night. We've seen um, we've seen uh, on, on any given game, it can be uh, four or five different players contributing 10 to 12 points, which is what you really want to see uh, to give you the best chance if someone's having an off night. Um, it, they're usually not relying on uh, one or two guys to, to go out and get them 20, 25 points. Um, so, so that's a, a, a really talented part of this team as well. The ability to, to get points from, from the entire lineup and off the bench as well. Sometimes they don't yeah. need, need to score 25 points. <laughs> <laughs> true. That is true. Um, so Loyola, big week, like you said, a big win over to Paul playing against uh, brother rice tonight. And then you got Santa Rita. Um, over the weekend. So big implications for the conference this week for the Loyola boys. The Loyola girls, um, why don't we start off by apologizing because last week when we played Way or No Way, I feel like we put a curse on them, but saying uh, that we were pretty confident that they would win out the rest of the way. And then they lost on Saturday to Fenwick, unfortunately, after beating them um, on Thursday. So uh, that does not go out. But um, it just seems like uh, Loyola girls are still playing strong, obviously. I mean, a game where you're playing, you're going through a stretch where you're playing four games in, um, I think around six or seven days. I mean, you're just going to have one of those days where you lose against Fenwick and, uh, um, obviously a off day and a close loss against Fenwick, but guys, it just seems like this Loyola girls team, uh, is still going to challenge for a conference title and finish uh, the season strong as we uh, head in the March here. Yeah. I mean, this, we've talked about it a couple times. This is a well-rounded team that, that can really, it, we believe is a state caliber, a state finalist type of team. Um, so it's a shame we, we won't be able to see them make a run here, but um, you know, they got some fun matchups coming up. Always a tough one with Macaulay this weekend. Then on Sunday, they actually play Lincoln way West um, who uh, was a, a second place finisher in the state a year ago um, at Morton college. So kind of a fun um, shootout style game over there. Um, you know, the big ones on their schedule, though, are to end the season with St. Ignatius, who is currently un undefeated in the conference, um, according to Max Prep. So we haven't we haven't double checked that. But um, St. Ignatius is a good team. So that's coming up, I believe, like the 11th and 13th 
Um, so yeah. really prepping for that. Um, but this is a, it's just a well-rounded team. You know, we're talking five seniors who are going to play college ball. We've talked about, and they're just going to get their wins. The new Trier uh, boys team is a big weekend ahead. I mean, we uh, we're talking about this in our uh, pre-show fist fight. We're talking about uh, just um, how new Trier, Evanston and GBS are kind of vying at the top right now after GBS and Evanston split their uh, games last weekend. So, um, a big test for this uh, team where the Nutria boys and Evanston are going to play a doubleheader this weekend, um, Friday at Nutria and uh, Saturday at uh, Evanston. And um, it'll be interesting because in the normal year, I think they usually don't play. Um, don't they like not play at either school? They like play at Northwestern or something like that. But um, it'll be a really interesting weekend for the boys where, I mean, if Nutria really wants to make a dent in the CSL South, they can really make some noise this weekend, either winning both games or at least splitting them. Yeah, huge, uh, huge weekend games coming up for the Trevs here. Um, we, as you alluded to, Michael, it's sort of a three-team race now at the top for the, for the top of that uh, CSL South division. And we saw last weekend Evanston and GBS match up with them splitting those games. So um, Nutria already has the has its one loss against GBS. They'll get one more shot at them later this year. Um, but these two, these two upcoming games against Evanston will really, um, will really show us a lot about the Trevs and their prospects to win the CSL South. But ever since they've come back from that, um, that COVID related layoff, we've really seen them play great basketball. They obviously after the first game back went toe to toe with GBS in Glenview in the Titan dome, uh, which is something that's, that has shown to be very tough to do over the past couple of seasons and haven't lost since. So they're, they're playing great basketball. They're on a roll, um, but obviously they've got a very talented team coming into Gates Friday night. Yeah, I think we weren't sure when they, when they lost to GBS, you know, they were one and one. We know where's this team pivoting to? We, we got to wait and see. And what we've seen is just victories. And, and yeah, they took a couple um, ones where they overmatched their opponents, but they also, you know, they, they beat Glenbrook North twice. They beat Maine South. Uh, those are quality wins on the schedule. So, um, I think we've seen some emergence, you know, Jackson Monroe, I think dropped 17, one game and Jake Fegan's continuing to play well. Um, and so this is a, a pretty good team. And like we've talked about a well-rounded team sitting at top of the division, I think, you know, tiebreakers a little below GBS, but big weekend. I think in a, in a season like this, where such an unusual season, um, this is, this might be the apex right here, a weekend set with, with Evanston um, is kind of like playoff basketball. So um, we're going to see some, some fireworks. I'm really excited to see what, what they put up there this weekend. And those eight games since coming back, it looks like have been over a 10 day span. So that's yeah. a, that's a really impressive seven and one stretch in 10 days of uh, in 10 calendar days. Yeah, definitely. And then um, moving over to new chair girls who also um, have uh uh, a weekend uh, doubleheader with uh, Evanston as well, also playing at home on Friday and at Evanston on Saturday. I mean, I feel like you get the same implications here where um, obviously the girls uh, lost to Maine South twice, so that kind of puts them in a hole. But, um, I mean, you win against Evanston a couple times and maybe you work it out in a way where maybe you can uh, – maybe, maybe you get yourself to a contention with uh, a big weekend against Evanston this week. Yeah, we sort of uh, we sort of glossed over the uh, Maine South girls last week when we were predicting our um, end of season standings in the CSL South girls division. But uh, 
the Hawks Hawks came in with two big victories over the Trevs. Um, so as you mentioned there, Michael, the path to to getting back into into contention for either the one or two spot in the conference is going to depend on what happens this weekend against Evanston. And um, we've we've seen a really nice stretch from the Nutria girls, but this will be um, similar to what we just mentioned with the boys, a, a tall task with a pair of games against Evanston. They're having uh, another strong season as well, but possibly um, and just maybe they uh, are not as as deep of a team as they have been in the past years where we've seen um, them really put together some dominant seasons. So um, we'll get a better idea of how the how the rest of their season is going to shape up with with how these two matchups play out. Yeah, definitely a tough stretch, but um, like we just mentioned for the boys, a stretch where uh, in, in the season, this is what you hope for and this is what you get up for and this is what um, excites you. So uh, like Marty said, maybe they can get a couple wins against Evanston and put themselves back in the race, but it does clear that it's, uh, it's the Hawks. It's the, it's the main South conference to lose this year um, after, um, after they picked up two wins against Nutria. So, um, but a fun stretch, you know, they, they had a tough week. They played, they lost to Fenwick. They did beat Vernon Hills, but now two against Evanston. So um, kind of a rough stretch here of, of, from the opponent side, but, um, who knows? It could happen. You know, they, they have the seniors that can step up and they got some scoring that can be unleashed and let's see if they can do it this weekend. Final uh, couple of questions for you guys in basketball before we move over to the second quarter. I want you each to give me which one of our teams has impressed you the most uh, this year since we're basically in midseason form, even though we have a week and a half left of the season. It's weird, but um, which one of our teams has most impressed you this year and which team around the state or the area? has impressed you the most uh, so far in this uh, basketball season? Yeah, it's really tough to pick between the Loyola girls team and the Nutria boys team, I think. Um, we, we just talked about it, but I've been really impressed with what we've seen from Nutria coming off that, that layoff and just sort of, sort of picking up in full steam and just uh, seven wins over 10 days. That, that, that's really impressive to me. And, uh, we've talked about the the Rambler girls over and over on the podcast about uh, how highly we think of that group and what we've seen from them um, with their depth and the level of talent that that team has and um, some of the strong wins they already have and, and how we feel about the rest of their season. But um, th th those teams have been really impressive. And I think we've seen some, some great things. Also, you know, the we've seen a lot from from the Loyola boys team, as we talked about earlier, with uh, with potentially surprising us a little bit. And that's not to exclude out the, the Nutria girls side either because they've had some really nice wins and obviously they dealt with a, a layoff as well, which I'm sure was very challenging um, for them to, uh, to combat as well. But uh, on a bit of a bigger, bigger picture outside of our coverage area, uh, one team that I, I've followed a little bit that has been really impressive is the uh, John Hersey High School girls team. We've just seen them put up, put up huge numbers this season, really impressive group. Um, I think last week I compared them to some of those main, main West um, girls teams we've seen in previous years where, where there was just so much talent and um, so many college level athletes. Um, but that, but then on the boys side, we've seen a lot of really uh, strong boys teams as well. Fenwick boys um, have some, some college level players on that team. And uh, Evanston obviously is always a, a very impressive unit um, we'll see. We'll see how they match up against the Trevs this weekend. But uh, those are some of the teams that have really caught my eye from from what we've seen so far. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, Marty mentioned the Nutrient Boys. I also uh, were just impressed with how they responded to that layoff and a loss um, to GBS. Um, it's clear they got a lot of talent on that team and uh, some young guys too. So I think they're going to, they're building something for the next couple of years too. But, you know, I'll speak on the loyal girls. That's just, it's just a juggernaut of a, of a unit with um, those five seniors in the starting rotation uh, or in the rotation now with, and a, and a junior, um, a junior star too in the, in the transfer Montini Giordano. So uh, I think that's a team that, that could just wreak havoc um, against anybody they play and they're going to be in games. I think that what they went eight and nine game, eight and nine days or, or seven and eight days um, early in the season, which is just, um, I mean, we might never see that in high school basketball again, just yeah. <laughs> the season, but it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, so, you know, th- they had a, a setback against Fenwick, nothing to shake your heads about though. That's, you know, in conference play. And um, sometimes you throw records out the window um, when it comes to that stuff to be as cliche as possible, but I think they're going to end strong and you're looking at a team that's just going to be, um, I think they're going to um, take the conference and win strong in St. Ignatius and, um, I think that's a team that's impressed in the area. Um, obviously Marty's right about Hersey there, juggernaut for the boys side though. It's been fun to just watch kind of the powerhouse guys in the area, uh, like at, uh, rolling meadows, um, and Fenwick, um, got those, got Max Christine who was a McDonald's all American. And then you got, uh, Notre Dame, um, is really good, um, in the area out of, out of Niles. Um, they're one of the best teams in the, in the state. Um, and fun to watch. So um, good basketball. And it's been fun to just get back out there and start talking about and, and watching these things. It's really, yeah, pretty, definitely. it's really pretty rare that we see a, a season where both Notre Dame and St. Pat's are really good teams. And it seems this year they're both, they've both got uh, excellent groups. So uh, that's always, that's always good for the Illinois basketball landscape as a whole. Um, when those two, uh, powers are ha- have good teams yeah definitely and I'm looking at the latest uh 4a top 25 rankings and um Simeon is number one but they've only played one game and then you have Whitney Young playing six games and then you have Mundelein playing like 11 games and Evanston playing 10 games so uh, um goes to show you just how crazy of a year it's been where Simeon um probably one of the better teams in the in the in the state um has only played one game and then you have like Evanston and uh some local area teams playing 11 games already in the, in a really crazy year, but uh, um, a lot of good basketball happening. We're happening. We're happy that there's a lot of basketball happening. So um, good stuff out there. So why don't we move on over now to the second quarter where we're going to talk, <clears throat> excuse me, about um, Regina making some changes over there from uh, competing in the GCAC. Um, and Marty, I know you caught up with uh, the Regina athletic director and uh um, why don't you tell us what the move is and just what the reaction kind of been is the, and the whole decision process for making the move. Yeah. So Regina athletics will be shifting to the independent school league conference, the ISL. Um, as, um, as a lot of our listeners probably know, Regina currently is in the, uh, GCAC, which is the girls Catholic athletic conference. And they have been in that conference since 1974. So, decades they've been in that conference but they'll be making the shift to the ISL at the start of the 2022-23 school year so not this upcoming school year but the following um, school year and yeah I had a chance to uh, to catch up with Regina's AD and um, we just talked over it'll be uh, it'll be a lot 
better situation for, for Regina athletes because they'll be facing schools that um, are not only closer to them in, in distance, but are a lot closer to them in enrollment and, and size uh, and, and many of those factors. You know, obviously with Regina being in the uh, GCAC, they face some, some really talented team, some really um, talented schools who are not really comparable to Regina in, in size and some other factors. Um, within that conference, you've got Loyola Academy uh, and Fenwick. And just briefly looking over those enrollment numbers, Loyola has um, over 2,000 students. Fenwick has about uh, 1,200 students. And compared to Regina, um, which currently has about 250 students. So obviously a big gap in enrollment and a, a big gap um, in, in factors that, that make the schools comparable. So this will create an opportunity for, uh, for Re Regina athletes to, uh, to face teams to face teams in schools that are a lot more similar to them. And, and just for reference, some of the schools that are in the uh, ISL, there's currently 10. There will be 11 when Regina makes the shift, but um, some of those schools are North Shore Country Day School um, up in Winneka, Latin School, uh, Fran Francis Parker, and Woodlands Academy, just, uh, just to name a few. But uh, it, it'll be nice for Regina to, to now match up with uh, schools that are, are really similarly positioned to, uh, to them in, in size and, and some other factors. And with, you know, I think this is maybe a little even overdue for Regina, um, you know, the past decade or two um in many sports in many years you know they've kind of been unmatched you know you know just think you know school's got 10 times more students to pull from than regina they're going to get more talent just by basic numbers alone so um you know it's been kind of a shame to watch you know loyola go against regina in a down year for maybe whatever pick, pick a program volleyball or whatever and it's it's not what it used to be you know, when the GCAC was formed, Regina was a basketball powerhouse. We're talking going 18 and 0, 17 and 2, 14 and 2, 24 and 4, finishing third in the state, you know, four straight regional titles. So um, in the 70s and 80s, this team was a juggernaut, and um, basketball is still um, a, a big point of pride and um, uh, energy and spirit at the school. And, um, you know, it's just not going to happen every single year with enrollment numbers now and, and kind of the, um, kind of how things have shook out over the past couple decades. So um, I think it's, it's a good thing for them. Um, and, you know, to play against their peers now, I think we're going to see some more success, which can only lead to, to further success, I think. And on the same level playing field, um, uh, I, I was, I was pleased to see the news. I think it was a good move. How do you guys feel like this impacts the future? I mean, obviously it won't take place next week or next year, but the year following that, but how does this impact uh, the way, uh, you know, obviously how um, Regina athletics kind of moves forward as you kind of get used to a new conference as opposed to uh, competing in the GCAC as they have for so long? Yeah, I don't think it'll be too drastic of a change because they're, they're still going to match up with uh, a lot of the GCAC schools in non-conference games and, um, that was something their, their AD mentioned to me as well, is that they, they often face a lot of the schools who are in the ISL right now in their current non-conference schedule. So they would typically play a lot of these, a lot of these teams in season anyways. It'll just almost be flipped in the sense where now the, these ISL schools will obviously be conference games and uh, your games against uh, the Loyolas, the Fenwicks, the Resurrections of the world will be 
um, non-conference games now instead of conference games. So their, their scheduling and, and who they're facing is going to look probably pretty similar if I had to, if I had to guess. So I, I don't think it'll be too, too drastic of a change and we'll still get uh, a lot of those local matchups that, uh, that we often enjoy. So not, uh, not, not, not too drastic. I'm thinking at least. And I think we'll just see um, because of th- those kind of s- switches in conference versus non-conference, um, we're just going to see better records in conference matchups and maybe more competition for conference titles um, instead of kind of being out of it early. And we're going to, you know, success on, on different programs. Maybe we see mostly success every, every few years in volleyball, every couple years in basketball, I think it'll be more consistent uh, and lead to more, um, just more spirit and pride out of that, out of that school. And uh, maybe for some other programs too, soccer, and um, they've always been pretty good at, um, at lacrosse as well. So um, I think we'll just kind of see an overall boost there. All right. So we'll see how that change happens, not next year, but the year after that, but um, we'll see how the change moves as uh, Regina plays uh close to the one of their last uh, GCAC games, even though, like Marty mentioned, they'll still see the same teams uh, moving forward. But while we move forward and go to the third uh, quarter of the podcast, before we do so, let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area, so make sure to check them out. Move better, live better. All right, in the third quarter, we're going to play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game, where I give a proposition to Marty and Joe. And they say whether it could happen way or no way it cannot happen. This week, we're going to do three questions. And why don't we get started here with basketball? Um, way or no way, Marty, that the Loyola boys basketball uh, team wins their conference? Yeah, I wish I was able to answer this question after tonight's game against Brother Rice, but <laughs> I won't be able to. So um, I'm going to go way on this one because I, I think we've seen a lot from this year that uh, a lot from that team this year that they're there is to like that we've talked about earlier in this episode, the, uh, the depth on the roster, the ability to, uh, to get scoring from multiple members of the team. I, I think they're a pretty good three point shooting team as well. Um, defensively, obviously most, uh, most years loyal, a very strong unit looks like they are this year as well. And uh, you know what they say, defense wins championships. So I'm going to, I'm going to go way on that one. Oh boy. Um, just, you know, I'm going to, pl- I really think it's quite, it's going to be a, like a toss up tonight. So I'm going to say no way. Um, I think brother Rice's offense might um, push that defense to its limits and then, um, you know, outscore them a little bit early and, and Loyal's got to play catch up. So it's going to be tough for them. I, I love both teams. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but what both teams can do on the floor, but I, I, I think if we're going to win the conference, I say no way they fall just short. It's a very tough conference, and, and I think Brother Rice has the, a leg up. All right. Uh, way or no way, Joe, then the Nutria Boys basketball team takes down Evanston at least once this weekend? I think way. I think, you know, this rivalry is, is fun and it's nuts. Uh, it can get nuts. I mean, it gets a lot nuttier when the fans are – packing the stands in past years we talked about this before the podcast they've actually had to move the game because gates couldn't hold the fans for an evanston nutria rivalry so they played it at northwestern or they played it at a a neutral site but um i I think they actually played at united center before but anyway um 
in a way, I think you could you could definitely throw rankings out. It's it, be a cliche once again um, when they meet each other, especially when they're pretty similar. Um, they're close in talent levels, so I I think Nutrier steals a game here, and it's going to make it very uh, a little more convoluted in that conference. I think they have the the variety of scores to do it, and shooting um, shooting the great equalizer. They have a hot night, and uh, you know Evanston might be in trouble. So I think Nutrier takes one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Joe here and go way. Um, I think the the reasoning for my answer is going to be we saw last week how GBS was able to, to sneak one by them. And um, earlier this season, we obviously saw that Nutria was able to go toe-to-toe with GBS. So I think the Trevs will be able to, as Joe mentioned, steal one. I think probably uh, the likelihood of, of taking one would be the game that's going to be at Gates. Um, and then with, with, with the games being – Back to back, I think that's where the the depth and the the talent factor comes in. So I think Evanston will take the uh, the second of the back to back. But but yeah, sh- shooting is a great great equalizer, as Joe said. You you they're going to have to have a hot night from um, beyond the arc and be able to keep up with Evanston's high powered offense by uh, by matching them with uh, with three point shots. All right. Um, final question: We've had. Um... Beautiful weather, obviously, the last few days. Snow is pretty much gone for the most part. And um, we've actually had a football and boys' soccer practices start. So um, while we uh, hit on the boys' soccer side of things, and Marty, uh, I know this is way too early. We're probably a few weeks away without <laughs> even really knowing too much. But um, way or no way, Marty, which te- that uh, the Loyola boys' soccer team has a better record and finish than the Nutria boys' soccer team? Yeah, that's a really tough one, Michael, because um, it's uh, we'll be basing a lot of that on just some preseason information as we haven't had a, a chance to really see too much from from either team um, yet. And obviously it goes more than a more than a year and a half back since the last time we've seen either one of these teams play. But I'm going to go a preliminary no way on that one, um, just because I think uh, Nutra is going to be bringing back a lot of talent from their last season, uh, it's not, it looks like that uh, the Ramblers will as well. So I think these are going to be two really, ta- really, really talented teams. We'll have to factor, I think, Evanston into consideration as well. Always a uh, the Evanston boys soccer program, always a very competitive uh, team and always a team that challenges both Nutria and Loyola. So um, it's, it's tough to say at this point because I think we're going to have two, two extremely talented rosters, but I'm going to go in early. Uh, no way on this one and just say that I think the, uh, the Trevs will be a, a tick better. Yeah. In agreement there, Marty, I think Nutria has got quite a roster coming back after a 16 win season um, in which that, you know, they made a nice run and got a bit of a surprise by Evanston, but um, one nil in the playoffs, but that's a good team. Um, they beat Loyola last year two one. Um, obviously a close matchup Loyola, you know, really had a, a nice season in conference, especially uh, for the Ramblers. So building some confidence in that, but this year's completely different. We're going to see different field conditions, different weather. I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, the end of the season's obviously going to be a little warmer. Well, hopefully who knows um, in Chicagoland, but uh, I I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. I don't know, but I will say that I, I like what on paper Nutria is bringing back a little more. All right, folks, there you have it. Way or no way, we'll see how those predictions uh, work out. We'll see actually uh, pretty soon, I guess, with Nutria this weekend and Loyola coming up with uh, uh, as we're heading down the final stretch of basketball season here. But while we move on over now to the fourth quarter where we're going to talk about 
um, some athletes we're looking forward to and some alumni about what they're looking forward to this year. So um, obviously we got a lot of sports still on the way with our winter sports happening in the spring or whatever we're considering this year, spring and summer sports as well. And um, just uh, as the weather's kind of gotten warmer, it's good to look ahead and kind of see what we're looking forward to. So um, who are some of the athletes that you guys are looking forward to seeing what they're able to do this year? Um, obviously, um, a lot of athletes are going to use this year special since uh, um, they almost didn't have it this year. So, I mean, just who are some of the athletes you guys are looking forward to seeing um, what they can do uh, given the circumstances? Yeah, I'm going to start out by focusing, uh, I think, on some some specific units and then some some teams in general. I'm really looking forward to uh, to see what they're going to bring this year. I think on the football side of things, I'm really looking to see how New Trier's offense um, is going to play this year. Um, towards the end of the 2019 season, we saw that offense really start to sh take shape, and we really saw them um, put up some very nice um, point totals and, and overall um, passing and rushing yards. So um, they were they were a bit um, experienced light in 2019. So we expect this 2021 season that they'll be bringing a lot more experience to the table. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to be able to do on the offensive side of the ball. And then um, shifting to the Ramblers. Uh, I'm very excited to see Loyola's defense this year, obviously traditionally a, a team that produces tremendously talented defensive units and, We've previously talked about um, the Ramblers on the podcast this year about how much talent there is up and down that roster. So I think we could see almost a, a near historic defensive unit from the Ramblers this year. So really excited to, to see those things on, on the football side. And then um, also really excited to, to check out some of the sports that we haven't had a chance to, to see in a while because of uh, delays related to the pandemic. So really eager to check out both of our um, baseball teams, uh, Loyola, Loyola boys baseball and Nutria boys baseball to see what they're bringing to the table this year. Um, also very much look forward to uh, softball. Uh, big fan of uh, covering softball. Um, really, really great sport that we weren't able to see uh, last year because of the pandemic. And then we're, we're going to get volleyball back. So on, on both the boys and girls side of volleyball, really intrigued to see um, what Loyola and Nutria will be bringing forward uh, on the boys and girls side of, of their volleyball units this year. So, a lot to uh, to really be excited about as we uh, move into this uh, quote unquote spring season. Yeah, I mean, I'm I've been focusing a lot on on trying to figure out the football programs and, and what we're looking at. Um, and uh, you know, we spent time last year talking about the schedule, but just looking at that going forward. Like Marty, the offense at Nutria, I'm really excited about. I'm excited to see what. They got a big line, even with even with um, their Iowa recruit already in Iowa. Um, David Davidkoff is already there. They still got a big line at Nutrier. So, you know, kudos to those guys. But I want to see Brody Roth and Tyler Harden and how um, Coach Dahl works them in the offense. And he's just going to get them the ball, I feel. And let's, let's see how they do um, maneuvering behind that big line because in space they're going to be trouble for a lot of defenses. So, I'm looking forward to that a lot, as well as, you know, um, their quarterback getting another year of camps and another year of seven-on-sevens under his belt, even during a pandemic. Um, I think he's he's matured, and he's a junior, um, Nevin Kuduskoli, but um, I think he's got a big arm, and he's getting a lot of looks, 
um, at those camps. And I'm excited to see um, him throwing the ball to those guys and, and um, that offense, I think, is going to be powerful. And they got a tight end who's also getting a lot of looks, Finn Cohen. So another big guy, 6'4", six, six, I think. So it's going to be fun, that offense. I want to see it. I think they're going to run up some totals on some people. Um, hopefully their defense, I don't know too much about their defense, what they're bringing back, but um, he all, uh, Dole always has a pretty athletic defense out there. He uses a lot of guys both ways. I think, I think Harden's going to play both ways, so I want to see what they can do on offense. I think they're going to run up some points. Hopefully their defense can can limit some other opponents too. But uh, those are some main guys in Loyola we know about them. I don't know what to say. Marty talked about it a lot, but a lot of guys. Let's see if let's see if Nate Benzels kicks the sixty yarder. Maybe that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> uh, one of the premier kickers in the in the nation going to Wisconsin. Um, and their defense and offense. I think they're gonna let's see if Vaughn Pemberton can get a thousand yards in six games. Um, but um it's gonna be a fun, a fun football season. Definitely a lot of fun uh, storylines and headlines we're looking forward to. I'd agree with you guys there talking about uh, uh, both football is looking forward to baseballs as well. Lacrosse, obviously a big sport around here. Um, looking forward to that as I'm sure all four um, area teams are going to be vying for state championships as well. So a lot of fun storylines to look forward to as we move forward, as we're, uh, um, we're getting closer there. The weather's getting closer there. The top, daylight's getting closer there. So uh, Hopefully we'll have uh, more of that to talk about as we move forward. And um, to finish things off on the podcast, we'll have a story up about um, local alumni uh, from the area who uh, um, didn't get a chance to compete last year or didn't get a chance to compete yet this year. Um, I got a chance to catch up with them and just see how excited they are, how um, some players worked on themselves and worked on um, their game and uh, kind of found a new appreciation from the game after uh, dealing with high school and uh, college hustle and bustle, you kind of get a chance to go away and get closer to the game and um, how it's going to be a weird year, how it's going to be different, how they're going to have to deal with a lot of different cancellations and um, that kind of stuff and what you're going to have to deal with as an athlete. But um, a lot of these athletes are excited. I mean, for, collegially, you only had football in the fall and uh, basketball in the winter. And then you started having some other sports as well in the new uh calendar year but um a lot of these sports are finally getting started and uh, a lot of alumni are happy so um make sure you guys check out that story that uh, we got uh, coming forward and uh check it out as uh, a lot of alumni are happy to uh, have sports back as uh, it seems uh guys every single day we're getting closer closer to a little bit bit of normalcy as more people get vaccinated and the rates go down we're going to have uh seems a little bit more normalcy and more sports heading our way with the warmer weather yeah, I'm excited to get it going. Um, football's two weeks away and, and soccer, so outdoor sports, field hockey, baby. Uh, maybe not get out there for a two-hour soccer game when it's 40 degrees. But volleyball, uh, I'll be in the bleachers for that. <laughs> so we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to, and we'll have plenty of podcasts to talk about it. But that's everything we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening this week. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to us anywhere we're listening to. Make sure you give us a subscription and also give us a nice little review if you're there. Spread the word by mouth, by social media, whatever have you. Make sure you're listening to uh, um, this week's episode and other episodes as well. They're all award-winning, I assure you. Um, but make sure you spread the word and let everyone know. So um, that's everything we've got for this week's episode. We've got um, conference gymnastics taking place uh, this weekend, conference swimming taking place next weekend, and 
the last few weekends, uh, last few weeks of basketball taking place as well. So make sure you're checking out the website, keeping up with everything that's going on. So uh, for Joe and Mari, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.